broadcast friends. Welcome back to Corbett Report Radio. I'm your host, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, and my head certainly is filled with things to say this evening, as every evening, as there's just more and more news of earth-shaking importance coming out on a daily basis. And tonight is the Thursday night edition of tonight's uh, broadcast, and usually we would generally be going over some headlines in preparation for James Evan Pilato of FoodWorldOrder.com in the second half of the broadcast. But tonight we're honored to be joined by a special guest, Vincent Finelli of USAPrepares.com and the host of USA Prepares right here on the Republic Broadcasting Network. So we're going to get straight into the conversation tonight, and uh, let's not waste any time. So Vincent Finelli, thanks for coming on tonight. Great to have you here. James Corbett, it is, it's delightful to be on the air with you. Excellent. Well, it is great to have you here and to be talking tonight about this important subject, USAPrepares.com, all of the information there about survival and how to, uh, how to really take matters into our own hands, which is absolutely the bedrock that I keep coming back to in all of the various things that I cover. And I know that my audience is very much tuned into that message. So uh, I'm sure a lot of people out there do know about you and your work, uh, of course, on RBN and and usaprepares.com. But for those uh, in my audience who might not have heard of you before, why don't you tell us about yourself? James, I, uh, I'm a farmer. I used to have a job oh, back in, let's say, 1989. I think that was the last time I had a job. I used to uh, design computer systems for some of the large banks in the country. And uh, so I was a backroom kind of a banker. And uh, I jumped off the corporate ladder because I saw what was happening. And I didn't want to be anywhere near any city. So I became a farmer in 1989 and uh, been a farmer ever since and I've been trying to tell our family and our extended family and friends about what I saw is coming you know just like uh, everybody else on RBN we all, we all see what's happening but I was unable to convince them that uh, for what I, what I was saying was real so I decided to bring some experts into the fold and maybe they because uh, they were not related to my family maybe my family would believe them so uh, I decided to have a big expo, and I thought, well, you know, why not, why not do a big one? And uh, so we invited some speakers and uh, some well-known speakers, and uh, we talked about preparedness. And um, we started out with it with a bang, and this is our third, third expo. And this one, uh, we have the largest venue in, the, in our area, in, uh, in the Springfield, Missouri community. And it's probably the largest uh, expo in the Midwest, if not as large as the largest in the country. But in terms of scope, it is the largest in the country because we have about, well, I think it's 73 seminars now. And um, we have, uh, I mean, if you want to know about how to negotiate for your life, you know, when someone has a gun to your head, um, we teach that seminar right here at the Expo. And it's built into the cost of the Expo. So for $8 discounted, someone can come into uh, our Get Prepared Expo in Springfield, Missouri, at the Ozark Empire Fairgrounds, and spend an hour with Mike Ma. And Mike Ma is a guy that trains SWAT teams. He comes up from Central America. This is his third expo, and uh, uh, and we've only had three expos. So, or this is this is uh, he's been to every one, and he talks about how to negotiate. And that negotiating starts with a smile, and um, it it starts with holding a door for someone and you know being very polite. Uh, but when you have a gun to your head, it may end up with a bang. And uh, he teaches that. He also teaches Hoi Chi. He is a Hoi Chi master. Um, the freeze-dry guy who advertises a lot on uh, on Republic Broadcasting, he is involved with the Expo, and he does a seminar on 
freeze-dried foods, what they are, how they work, and... Uh, and I guess we're going into a break. <laughs> we are heading into our first break, so let's uh, hold it right there. Yes, an incredible expo of uh, Bob Chapman and Jim Mars and Mike Rivero, and just the list goes on and on. So let's get more into that right after this short message with our guest, Vincent Finelli of USAPrepares.com. are tuned into Corbett Report Radio here on this Thursday night, and it is a beautiful day here in Japan, where I'm talking to you live right now. It's the middle of the afternoon, and uh, tonight we're talking to a special guest, Vincent Finelli of USAPrepares.com, and some of you might know him from some of his other media ventures on here in Republic Broadcasting and elsewhere, and he is also uh, organizing an expo that's going to be taking place at the Ozark Empire Fairgrounds in Springfield, Missouri, this weekend. So if anyone is in the area and able to attend, well, I would obviously recommend doing it. There's going to be quite a lineup of people there talking about quite a range of things. So, uh, so Vincent, I've, I've never in my life organized something or an event of this size and magnitude. Perhaps you can give us an idea of what goes into putting something like this together. Well, it's, uh, <laughs> I'd like to say it's easy. Um, but it's not, and and the reason is, there are so many speakers that uh, that are that are wonderful to to bring in, but their schedules and your schedules may not be the same, and and events change in their lives. I mean, they have family members that get sick. Uh, we even had a headliner, a Derry Brownfield, a very famous guy in the Midwest, who a brilliant broadcaster. Um, he was a headliner for our very first expo. And he was really excited about coming to the expo, and he died about a month before it. Um, we had another guy, Richard Sheriff Richard Mack, who was going to uh, come to our expo, and his his mom passed away oh, about ten days before the expo, and uh, there was a delayed funeral. And so those kinds of very very sad things happen. So um, it's a moving target, it really is. So so what happens is you you pick the best people that you can get to deliver the best message that you can get and uh and you work with them on a every couple of day basis to see if their schedule is still lined up and then and then um and then you uh work with the venue and you, and you find out that the person that you were working with at the venue decides to change jobs and then you have to break in the new person and uh, you know you have to do advertising and then and uh there are a lot of a lot of people changing jobs and getting laid off so it's it's really a moving target all the way from inception or con- conception to uh to execution but it's it's a really fulfilling thing because so many people um are depending on the information that they get from the expo for, for example, uh, we talked about how to negotiate for your life. Well, people also want to buy these freeze-dried foods. I have them. And what I do is uh, I only invite people to participate in the expo that I think are honest, have a high degree of integrity, and have great products. So who has the best freeze-dried food that we know of? Well, that's the freeze-dried guy. Um, you know, He's been with RBN for a long time. He's a personal friend of the family. And uh, through this expo, we've gotten to be very, very good friends. And he's going to be here. He's uh, he's probably arriving to uh, Missouri 
from the left coast tomorrow, tomorrow morning. So he's going to be staying at the farm, and uh, it's going to be a blast. By the way, John Statmiller is going to be arriving uh, tomorrow. He's going to be staying at the farm. And uh, Mike Ma, who's our uh, Negotiate for Your Life instructor from Central America, he's already here. Um, and then we're going to talk about storm shelters. And uh, so it sounds like a jam-packed weekend, but I'm guessing you're not going to get a se- second sleep. Uh, no, I don't. I don't think so because um, what what I'm doing uh, right after this broadcast is I'm taking my studio apart because I've got to bring the studio uh, to the expo. I've got a, a spare studio, and uh, so that's going to the expo so I can broadcast live from there. And then uh, right after I'm done with the expo, I'm going to put the studio back together and be back on the air again. So it's. But you know what? Uh, it's not work. It's not work at all. It's it's an absolute joy to do this because there's so many people that benefit and so many people that want this information and they just don't know where to get it. Um, you know, they can watch TV and they, they can watch these, we'll call them reality shows, that are hardly real. So they're going to actually meet the real preparedness experts here at the Expo. So we're excited about that. You know, uh, one of our um, fellow broadcasters on RBN, John Moore, he does a seminar called Violent Climate Change. He produced a DVD called uh, Global Warming, What the Government Isn't Telling You. Brilliant, brilliant DVD series. Uh, it'll ruin your day. It really will. And, uh, and, uh, and since you're in Japan, you, you know what uh, violent climate change is like. You know what uh, tsunamis are like. You know what earthquakes are like. Devastating. Unfortunately, I know that all too well, yeah. Yeah. And uh, Bill Federer, is that, a, is that a name that uh, you know, Bill Federer, F-E-D-E-R-E-R? It's not ringing a bell. Okay, probably because, um, well, he's on uh, 200 or so radio stations here daily in the U.S., and he's a nationally known speaker, best-selling author um, about history. And he does what's, what's called the American Minute, and it's one minute of what happened on this day many years ago. He'll be there teaching us about history and uh, natural healing. We have uh, David Christopher coming from Utah. He talks about when there is no medicine. What do you do? Uh, you can use herbs. And uh, he has a, 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 an encyclopedia-type book uh, with hundreds and hundreds of pages about how to treat common diseases with um, non-medical cures. Brilliant, brilliant man. Gardening, if you're into gardening... One of our instructors, and um, that's what we call the people that are involved with the Get Prepared Expo instructors. What he what he does is he teaches you how you can plant a garden and have no weeds. And he uses a mixture of peat moss and humus and and some other uh, rice hulls. And uh, uh, weeds don't grow in it, so you just put some organic fertilizer in it and uh, replenish it every year with uh, micronutrients, and you can grow. Oh, a few hundred pounds of tomatoes from one seed. We have a, an instructor that teaches how to learn how to learn about flying. If you want to get your pilot certificate and you're wondering what does it take, how much does it cost, um, are there health issues, concerns, you can learn that right at that expo. And uh, we have a, a gentleman who owns his own uh, seed company, S-E-E-D, and he teaches gardening, how to plant seeds, how to save your seeds, and uh, you know why would you want to buy seeds every year if you can use heirloom seeds, grow heirloom plants, and save the seeds every year? So you just buy them once. 
Absolutely right. And and I think this is a message uh, on so many fronts that resonates with my listeners and I'm sure all of the people who are familiar with your work, but it's always good to get this in from different people's perspectives. What can you say about the importance of this type of uh, being prepared, being independent, getting off the grid? What, why should people be concerned about this? I got a call from uh, a, a TV station today and I got a call a couple weeks ago from a different TV station out here in Springfield, Missouri. And I got a call from Doomsday Preppers, which is the National Geographic program. And they asked me a very strange question. I couldn't believe they asked me. They said, do you know anybody who is a real prepper? I'm thinking, are you kidding me? Um, (laughs) uh, um, This is a lifestyle that I live. And so to me, being prepared is, is is the only way to go. And it's very simple. For example, if I'm going to go someplace, let's say let's say I had a job and I wanted to go to work, wouldn't I make sure I had enough gas to get there? I mean, w- wouldn't I do that? Wouldn't I check my oil maybe once a week to make sure that I'm not going to destroy my engine? Um, wouldn't I change my oil every five thousand miles or whatever's whatever's the you know scheduled maintenance interval? Wouldn't I want to have a spare fan belt? And and this is just the way we live. So. We're farmers here uh, in, in our family. We learned how to be farmers. That means that there's always something broken. And there's, actually, there's lots of things broken. And, uh, and we need to have spare parts because we just can't afford the time to go get each part as it breaks. We need to have them in advance. So when I buy oil filters, I don't buy one. I buy a case of them. I can buy one for $7 or I can buy a case of 12 for $31. So... It's just a lifestyle, and, and why, would, why would people not want to live that way? It's a good question, and one that's not often put in the, the controlled corporate media, as I'm sure you're all too aware with, uh, with the big specials that like to concentrate on the prepper movement and, and try to limit it in that way by giving it a label that, that seems to, to marginalize what's going on. But as you know, I'm sure in your work, it's just something that more and more people are kind of rediscovering in that common sense revolution that really is affecting more and more people by the day. Perhaps you can speak to the way that this message is resonating with people out there. When you say, uh, do you mean um, how the false message of uh, calling us survivalists, which I don't have any problem with uh, people calling me survivalists, is, is that what you're saying? That right, message exactly. The way, exactly, the way the MSM okay. t- tries to portray this as some sort of fringe or lunatic movement. Well, I, I read on the Internet that we are a subculture. People like me are a subculture. And I've, I've got I've to come back with, no, actually, the people that... Uh, watch television from the minute they come home from work, if they have a job, till the minute they pass out at night and then wake up, go to work, and then come home and pass out on the couch watching mindless um, television with laugh tracks so that they know when the appropriate time to laugh is. Actually, they are the subculture. We're not the subculture. We are, we are productive and we're bringing things to society. As a matter of fact, I mean, what do I do uh, for society? I produce Angus beef. Okay? So without... Without my efforts, there would probably be, uh, I'm trying to think, maybe um, oh, 30 tons less of Angus per year. So I actually do something uh, for society. And, and the guys that are watching TV, they're just consuming electricity. So when I look at what, what the mainstream media uh, says about us, it makes me angry. And I'll tell you a funny story. I was down in Texas... Uh, at John Statmiller's house. I spent a week with him. He invited me down, and, and I broadcasted from uh, 
from uh, corporate headquarters of Republic Broadcasting. It was a real blast. I actually sat in his seat in his studio. And I had a lot of fun. And uh, and so uh, after... Uh, perhaps Josh we can hold looking... on to that story just one minute. Yeah. Um, we'll take a short break, but we'll be right back. Once again, talking to Vincent Finelli, USAPrepares.com. And there is going to be a big uh, expo this, this weekend in Missouri, so I hope people will go to USAPrepares.com to check it out. On that note, let's take a short break, and then we will be back with Vincent Finelli right after this. Welcome back, friends. Here we are on this Thursday night, uh, this Thursday night edition of Corbett Report Radio, and we're talking to Vincent Finelli of USAPrepares.com, and James Evan Pilato of FoodWorldOrder.com is waiting in the wings for the second half of tonight's broadcast. But, uh, but Vincent, just before the break there, you were telling us a story about when you were down at the, uh, the headquarters of RBN, uh, sitting in John Statmiller's very chair. Perhaps you can continue with that story. Yeah, so he, uh, in invited me to uh, go to his home where we were spending, uh, you know, the week. And uh, he said, you need to watch this. So we went to his living room. And I don't have a television, so a TV's kind of uh, foreign to me. So on comes National Geographic's Doomsday Preppers. And this is a, a reality TV show that you can watch the best preppers in the in the United States. And so uh, there's this young lady. She's about 30 years old, and she's uh, doing sit-ups and push-ups, and she's getting ready. And... Uh, I'm not sure for what, but she's getting ready. And so when it happens, she can, you know, hike out of town. She's got the backpack and she's got her guns and she's got her, her food stored in her apartment. And, uh, it ends with a scene where she's sitting with her cat on her lap and she said, yeah, yeah, my, my boyfriend's gonna, you know, when it happens, uh, we're not gonna be able to take the cat with us. So he's gonna put a bullet, right, a bullet right here, right in the base of its neck and, and he's gonna kill him. And <clears throat> so how are we portrayed were portrayed by the media like that well smoke was coming out of my ears and i was stomping around <laughs> john stamiller's living room like who are these people you know we have an expo and i don't know anybody that looks like that acts like that sounds like that or thinks like that so i was furious so when i got back to uh to missouri i called up uh washington dc and i found uh, the doomsday preppers guy and guys and and i called him and i talked to him and, and i said hey, why don't you come to our expo we'll show you what real preppers are like and they called me back and they said, okay, so you want to interview on the radio uh, one of our guys that we had on TV? And I said, no. They said, oh, I thought that's why you, why you called. And I said, no, why would I want to do that? Those, those are actors. We have real, real preppers and experts. So the bottom line is uh, they are coming to the expo. Doomsday Preppers is coming to the expo. And they're going to uh, search out new talent for the next season. And they've invited me to participate. They want to put me on TV. So that actually may happen. But we are... We are the real preppers. We are not these actors who are embellishing what we do as for theater. So the bottom line is, what am I, what, what's my reaction? I'm angry about it. So as a response, when I come out, uh, when I start my broadcast every day, I say, everyone all set, cocked, locked. And I mean it. I've got a 45 at, in the studio. I've got an AR-15 uh, right next to that. I am cocked. I am locked and loaded, ready to go, should, should I need to be. I hope it never happens, but I'm ready. Um, but I am not a skinhead. I, you know, I've got a short haircut. Um, I, I don't have a shaved head. I look like a banker. I dress, uh, I dress appropriately. And, um, and I don't do things that are crazy. I just don't. 
My driving record is perfect. No dings, no dents, no accidents. I've never been arrested. Um, the sheriff did a background check on me when he tried to find out if, uh, if I should uh, be allowed to bring my concealed carry permit from, of 20 years from uh, Virginia to Missouri. And, and the bottom line was, uh, hey, we can't find anything out about you. Are you in the witness protection program? And I said, look, hey, not everybody's a felon. So there, there's some of us who uh, have clean records and, uh, and are preppers. So we are not these skinhead wacko types that the media is trying to make us out to be. And here's the thing. Uh, if you think gold and silver is the way to go because it's sound money, what's wrong with that? If you think that Federal Reserve notes are the way to go, you've lost your mind. Absolutely must- right. Absolutely right. And and that's exactly the way that these types of debates are steered by the MSM that tries to portray uh, these fringe people as representing the, the, the real underlying current of what's going on. And I think that only works on the small percentage of the population that, as you say, are just tuned into that matrix from the time they get home at night till the time they drift off to sleep. And, and that is a, a very small subculture. So I think most people do know what's really going on. Although in the interest of full disclosure, I, I do have a shaved head, but that's really only because <laughs> of my, my balding nature that I'm trying to, to uh, disguise. But uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, absolutely. So it's going to be an incredible time. And, uh, and people who are out there who are listening right now who are in the area or might, might be able to make it out there, tell them how they can go about getting a ticket. Well, um, if if anyone would like tickets, we would be glad to provide them free tickets tonight. And all they have to do is uh, send us an email. Go to usaprepares.com, usaprepares.com. Send me a note and say, uh, free tickets, please, and we will send back tickets, uh, email tonight, and it will get you a free pass for two days. What's it worth? About $15. That's the discounted price. If you just paid the door price, uh, if you wanted two days of expo, it'd be $10 plus $10, so $20 for two days. $15 discounted, and we'll be glad to send them to you for free. Why? Because we think it's important. Uh, so important, um, it, 73 seminars worth of importance. Uh, I can't think of a single thing that you would want to know about preparedness that we don't cover. Not, not one. Guns. Ammo, off, uh, off-road vehicles, solar power, wind power, emergency medical, how to reduce your cost. If you want to have, uh, you want to learn about, uh, ham radio, um, I, I honestly can't think of a single thing that you might want to know about preparedness that's, uh, that's not there. Uh, dome shelters, even insurance. Bob Chapman's doing a seminar. Uh, electronic security systems, Agenda 21, Berkey water filtration, gold, silver, copper. How cell phones work, how to buy a farm. Uh, how to heat your, your house with uh, an outdoor wood furnace and drive your costs down like uh, the Finelli family does. Our, our heating bill in the winter is about $80 for electricity, and it's $80 right now. Um, well, it, it sounds, sounds like a blast, but for those of us like myself who won't be able to make it, uh, tell us about your live broadcast. Oh, uh, about uh, I'm on from uh, 3 to 4 on Republic Broadcasting, uh, 3 to 4 Central Time. That's right, so people can tune in. So I hope uh, people will do that. Well, absolutely great to get in touch. Vincent Finelli, usaprepares.com. Thanks for your time. Thanks so much. Let's do some radio together. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth.
great friends, welcome back. Welcome back to Corbett Report Radio. I'm your host, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, and if you're just joining us, we were just talking to Vincent Finelli of USAPrepares.com about the upcoming expo that he's going to be running this weekend in Missouri. So once again, if you're interested in that, USAPrepares.com, and you can email him for free tickets if you're listening to this live. At any rate, we are now going to shift gears a little, but really on the very similar topics, and we're going to st- start with our regular Thursday night guest, James Evan Pilato of FoodWorldOrder.com, to go over all the latest in the world of food, health, and the environment. So, James, thanks once again. So much for having me, man. It's it's always a pleasure. And this, yeah, this is a lot easier uh, transition, I think, this week than perhaps out of the Oklahoma City coverage of last week, but... James, let's let's get right into it. And something you had sent me several days ago from a listener to the show who asked about fluoride alternatives in in toothpaste. Is that right? Yes, that's right. I don't have it up in front of me right now, so I can't quote verbatim. But basically, the listener was uh, picking up from our talk last uh, last week on Food World Order about the uh, fluoride in tooth toothpaste being a contributor contributor to uh, declining IQs in children and other toxic ill health effects. And basically, the uh, the person was interested in, in alternatives. What can we use that isn't infested with this fluoride that's, uh, that's not, not good for us in any way? I can basically give just a, a couple of examples. And like so many things on this, as, as we say, you know, the revolution begins at home. And, and I think probably as your previous guest knows and can probably help everyone out with that, you know, this isn't going to happen overnight. You're not going to flip a switch and, and be off the grid and completely prepared. It's an ongoing process and you're always learning, you know, new things. I can just kind of give the example of what I use. And, and again, James, you got to always give the disclaimer before I come on about you know, the, the the views expressed here of media monarchy, and, you know, again, I'm not trying to say you endorse this or, or that. I use, there's a company called Now Foods, and they do a whole line of, you know, natural foods and supplements and vitamins and things. But they've got a Zilla White, and it's basically a, a fluoride-free toothpaste that also has Zillatol, which is sort of like a, a sweetener and a white and a whitener. But when you look at it, one of the main ingredients is sodium bicarbonate. So my smart girlfriend, something she does a lot, you can just really use baking soda. You can Absolutely, use ba- yeah. Baking soda, and, and if you can handle it, you can also do a, a little bit of, uh, oh, now it escapes me. It's in the it's in the brown bottle, not alcohol, not rubbing alcohol, but... Uh, <laughs> I would hope not. I hope it's not vinegar as well, if you're using baking soda. Oh, I should have I should have grabbed it out of the medicine cabinet. Now, now the name escapes me. But you you can use baking soda. You can also even mix in maybe a little cinnamon and and just something to make it maybe taste a, a little better. But that is unbelievably cheap. So uh, as long no, as not too much cinnamon though, we know where that no, leads. No, 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 no. Just just <laughs> kind of just to kind of cut it, well, just a little bit. But the other thing, and you know, and it doesn't just come down to brushing but also flossing is important and i'll use this opportunity if you'll indulge me again my smart and talented girlfriend made a music video with a guy who does educational children's music and it's called philosophy 101 as in the philosophy of flossing 
And it's at philosophy101.com, and it's basically a way to, you know, through a catchy song to kind of raise awareness about flossing. So not just brushing, brushing, but flossing is also important. So hopefully just maybe run a little search and maybe go on to your, you know, your local grocery store and start to drill them with questions about, you know, what toothpaste in, do you have that doesn't have fluoride? That's the point, and I'm lucky enough, once again, to be in Japan where uh, most of the toothpaste here does have some fluoride, but not anywhere near the levels in American uh, brands, unless you actually buy the American brands here, which you can do, but uh, but it's not as much of an issue in the Japanese toothpaste. So Japan, once again, quite a, a health-conscious country in a lot of ways. Well, and that is the whole catch, too, because they'll tell you, well, you know, you're you're not supposed to swallow it then why do they force it in our water if we're not supposed to swallow it? That's always the uh, the conundrum and paradox they can never quite explain their way out of. Right, and if you swallow more than a pea-sized amount, call the doctor, but, uh, you know, mm-hmm. no, no, no big deal. So, James, we can turn to all the latest news on foodworldorder.com, which, again, I, I've been given thanks to my man Adam in Nova Scotia for helping me you know, keep the site up to date and just jam-packed with information. We'll begin with one from the always valuable cryptagon.com. Food stamp rolls increase 70% from 2007, projected to keep increasing until 2014. The Congressional Budget Office, that's the CBO, said on the 19th of April that 45 million people in 2011 received Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program benefits, SNAP, a 70% increase from 2007. It said the number of people receiving the benefits, commonly known as food stamps, would continue growing until 2014. Spending for the program, not including administrative costs, rose, and yada, yada, yada. But that main part makes me go, oh, okay, so it's going to go up until 2014? CBO said the number of people receiving benefits is expected to fall after 2014, James, because the co- the economy will be improving. So <laughs> there you go. Oh, yes. Oh, you've got to love it. I mean, it, it, laugh or cry, That those are your options. And if... if I can throw in one other personal note, and this is something I don't think I've really talked about all that much, but we have talked about how prevalent, you know, SNAP and food stamp things are here in Oregon. I've never been able to bring myself to get on it, even though we would probably totally, you know, meet the requirements to be able to get them. I've just never been able to do it when... I know that, you know, yeah, I'm lucky I work at a, at a grocery store, so that gets me discounts on food, which is amazing. And I don't know, you know, my, my song might change. If I didn't have a grocery store job, I might immediately say, oh, I need these benefits. But for, it's just always been that slippery slope for me. Absolutely. And, I mean, that's something that we all have to think about in the various ways that, that we're uh, living our lives, to what extent we want to even you know, take those handouts when they're available or, or you know, I mean, obviously there's uh, so many questions along with that. But uh, but obviously there are people out there who genuinely need them to live. And uh, and that's because of the way the economy has been engineered and the, the state that we're living in. So so I'm not here to blame the uh, the poor people for being poor and being in the system. But uh, but absolutely, it's not a it's not a win win situation for everyone. And the idea that it's the uh, the enrollment's going to fall in 2014 because the economy is just going to suddenly start skyrocketing is such just i mean garbage that again i don't know whether to laugh or cry 
Well, well, <laughs> listeners out there, you know, make the note of that. And, and if those, you know, rolls and doles do fall in 2014, we'll, we'll come back here and I won't say we'll eat. I will, hat, but... I, I will joyfully <laughs> eat my hat if that's, uh, if that is the case. <sighs> Another story, James, as, as I've said more and more and more often, it seems like we're living in the future. Just from the Associated Press, FDA proposes rules for nanotechnology in food. Regulators are proposing that food companies that want to use tiny engineered particles in their packaging may have to provide extra testing data to show the products are safe. The Food and Drug Administration issued tentative guidelines last Friday for food and cosmetic companies interested in using nanoparticles, which are measured in billionths of a meter. Nanoscale materials are generally less than 100 nanometers in diameter. A sheet of paper, in comparison, is 100,000 nanometers thick. The sub-microscopic particles are increasingly showing up in FDA-regulated products like sunscreens, skin lotions, and glare-reducing eyeglass coatings. Some scientists believe the technology will one day be used in medicine, but the FDA's announcement did not address that use. The draft guidance suggests the FDA may require food companies to provide data establishing the safety of any packaging using nanotechnology. Under longstanding regulations, companies aren't required to seek regulatory approval before launching products containing established ingredients and materials, such as caffeine, spices, and various preservatives. But FDA officials said that foods and packaging containing nanoparticles may require more scrutiny. It's... I think in a way it almost reminds me of the drone stories that, you know, oh, we have these things, I don't think, you know, we're really going to use them, and it's going to need a lot more approval, and then you read more headlines, and it's, oh, no, they're here, and we're already using them. Yeah, I I don't know if I'm just being thick here or, or what, but I don't really understand what nanotechnology in packaging is all about. Why are they stressing the packaging? That's, I I have not figured that one out myself Either. Sorry, yeah, I'm just looking at the uh, the actual guidelines that you linked up there in that post, and it's talking about improving the packaging of food or altering the look and feel of a cosmetic. So I don't really know what nanotechnology and packaging is all about, but uh, but certainly the idea that this is uh, becoming or going to be a part of the food supply itself and engineering the food at the, the sub-microscopic sub level is, I think, one that should give us all a bit of pause for thought, to say the very least. Because all we have to do is, you know, remember the stories we mentioned last week about, you know, the the BPA. You know, oh, you know, it's okay for the packaging, but even though it's going to leak and leach. Right, right, exactly. Yes, things that leach into the foods from the packaging, and we know how that works. But uh, but if the FDA says it's all right, I guess it's all okay. (laughs) So we're, yeah, you know, we might just have robots, you know, and nano technology under under our skin a uh, bit of a change james chocolate titans in fresh antitrust lawsuit for alleged u.s price fixing this from confectionarynews.com awg the associated wholesale grocer a retailer owned cooperative that supplies retail member stores brought the action in the district court of kansas through a law firm against Hershey, and the rest, defendants in an ongoing class action lawsuit in Pennsylvania federal court, which consolidates around 80 separate cases alleging price fixing. AWG alleges that Hershey, Nestle, Mars, and Cadbury worked together to artificially rise the price of chocolate on three occasions between 2002 and 2008 
as growth slowed in the U.S. market. There's a couple interesting related notes from Der Spiegel as well. Cocoa deficits forecast for the rest of 2012 and also the U.S. being vigilant in their fight against chocolate eggs. I assume that's kind of a holdover from uh, Easter stories. But, you know, this, this is like the plunge protection team. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, uh, the most amazing thing about this story to me is that there's a, a site called confectionarynews.com. <laughs> I, I can't imagine checking that on a daily basis, but there you go. I'm glad they, someone is anyway. They, they have a podcast too. I mean, they, <laughs> they've wow. gone to recent, uh, you know, food expos. And just like, you know, I, I run the whole family of websites that cover different areas. Diving into all those areas, you find those sites that are sort of, you know, dedicated to that kind of field. And, you know, again, sites I wouldn't necessarily go to every day, but in the realm of food or in the realm of, you know, technology. And you find these sites that are, you know, reporting things that are pretty massive, but in a fairly nonchalant way. Right. So James will return to Cryptagon again. Huge water resources exist under Africa. Scientists say the notoriously dry continent of Africa is sitting on a vast reservoir of groundwater. And I believe I have a related piece on Media Monarchy about, you know, mapping Africa, the, the national geospatial, you know, military installation mapping Africa. And we've seen this on a number of levels. And you can make the argument that most wars are ultimately about the resources buried beneath. And water is going to be one of those key ones that is just more and more important as we get further into the 21st century. And on that note, of course, people can pass, cast their minds back to 2010. The Christian Science Monitor had an article, Libya's Gaddafi taps fossil water to irrigate desert farms, talking about a 26-year, $20 billion project to tap an aquifer of fossil water underneath Libya to actually aquify the desert. And uh, and just an incredible project that was uh, just about nearing completion by the, when the uh, humanitarian love bombs started raining down. So just proving the point and proving that Africa actually does have immense water resources that have not yet been properly tapped. And uh, and a, that's a warning, I think, to any leader out there that tries to do so without, you know, American NATO approval. Mm -hmm. James, there was a pretty large story in, in the last two days here about a mad cow outbreak from Reuters this this being from a day or so ago the USDA was holding a press conference on Tuesday as rumors that a case of mad cow disease was discovered in California and it sent live cattle futures tumbling so some of the related updates and what I find really fascinating is most of the reporting you find concerning this and there's things from the Chicago Tribune, mad cow cases in the U.S. and Canada. But from Reuters, the update from the next day, U.S. live cattle futures on Wednesday recovered most of the previous session's tumble, lifted by short covering and higher cash beef prices as traders attempted to put Tuesday's mad cow scare behind them. Traders said assurances by Japan, Mexico, and Canada that imports of beef would not be affected by the first case in six years of bovine spongiform encephalopathy, popularly called mad cow, would support the market. All of the articles, all the stories, all seem to relate to, oh, well, this is going to be really tough for the market. 
Well, I mean, it's it certainly that's the first effect that everyone will see, and uh, and that's exactly what happened in my home province of Alberta, Canada, which is a uh, sort of cattle cattle farming area, and absolutely, there was a there was a case there last decade, and uh, and it just completely utterly destroyed the Alberta cattle farming market for a while there until uh, until eventually the ranchers were able to sell their their uh, cattle again. So it's it's absolutely not a good thing for the for the ranchers themselves, and uh, no one likes to see this, but uh, as the former premier of Alberta said, well, they should have just shot, shoveled, and shut up. Uh-huh. So, uh, mm. absolutely. Well, and and of course, the, the real concern is, well, does this affect, I mean, how, mu- how much of this has gone on, and how much has been quietly uh, shot, shoveled, and shut up behind the scenes, and, you know, it's all just optics. So, we'll see how it plays out, but it can't be a good thing for the U.S. Uh, cattle ranchers. Mm. James, one last standalone post, which will set us up to blast through the binge and purge. From EnviroReporter.com, they were a guest on a show on NBC and G4 called Attack of the Show. Media coverage of Fukushima Daiichi's multiple meltdowns and contamination of the Pacific Ocean and America's air, water, soil, food, and drink took a giant leap when Attack of the Show had the reporter from EnviroReporter.com on to discuss this gravest single environmental threat facing the world. Absolutely, and you have the 11-minute video, YouTube video linked up there in the post, so I hope people go check that out. Once again, foodworldorder.com is the place for all of these, and the notes with the links to each and every one of these stories will be at corporatereport.com slash radio shortly. And on that note, let's take a short break, and we'll finish up with a binge and purge right after these messages. Radio on this beautiful night, friends. I'm James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, and we're joined, as always, on Thursday night by James Evan Pilato of FoodWorldOrder.com, and we're about to dive right into the Binge and Purge, the collection of all of the miscellaneous stories on the food, health, and environment circuit from the previous week, and enter at your own risk, my friends, because I just... I just, uh, out of cu- morbid curiosity, clicked on the link to the Man Creates Whopper with 1,050 Bacon Strips video, and uh, only in Japan, friends, only in Japan. But on that note, James, what what do you uh, want to highlight from tonight's uh, uh, post? So this, this binge and purge again is, is, you know, partly thanks to my man Adam in Nova Scotia of helping out on Food World Order. Picked out, you know, a few of the highs and lows I've mentioned a few times before Oregon Senator Ron Wyden, and he's, you know, as you know, none of our politicians are our saviors, but pretty lucky. He's generally on the correct side of issues when it comes to food, when it comes to Internet privacy and all of those things. The Oregonian is reporting, and we also have a, a probably 10-minute video of him appearing on MSNBC to talk about Ron Wyden's nuclear field trip. Oregon Senator Ron Wyden's recent day-long field trip from Tokyo to the zone of Japan's nuclear devastation is worth at least worth at least a week in the telling. Bunny suited with a breathing device for protection against radiation exposure, Wyden walked through the ruined Fukushima Daiichi complex and saw what few from the West have seen. 
another bomb waiting to go off. James, the story goes on, but again, we provide links to our own Oregonian, also opednews.com, and again, straight to that YouTube clip on MSNBC. Any any brief words on Fukushima? Um, well, nothing really to say, absolutely. I just hope people are keeping their eye on it and are still uh, at least aware of what's going on there, especially Reactor 4, and it's uh, quite, you know, I mean, it's just a, a basically a sitting sitting duck there with its structural problems and sitting on so much nuclear fuel that we all just have to hope that nothing happens, and that's a pretty big thing to rest our hopes on. Mm-hmm. So quickly, I'll, I'll blast through the other ones from carolinajournal.com. State threatens to shut down nutritional blogger. Nutrition board says he needs a license to advocate dietary approaches. The North Carolina Board of Dietetics and Nutrition is threatening to send a blogger to jail for recounting publicly his battle against diabetes and encouraging others to follow his lifestyle. And, of course, it's at diabetes-warrior.net. Blamed for bee collapse, Monsanto buys leading bee research firm. It was called Bee Logics, and they bought them back in September 2001, of course, to get out in front of the fact that they caused the bee collapse. Courthousenews.com reporting USA and Kansas suing DuPont for toxic dumping. Fair Fairness and accuracy in reporting, and I got this from allgov.com. America revealed, or is it PBS, a Dow chemical-sponsored public TV series tracks all the great new Dow product lines. Nestle to buy Pfizer's infant nutrition business, and we'll end with a drug war note. James, what do you think the chances if Obama gets reelected, he will end the war on drugs? I'm going to go with fat. That would be it. Fat chance. You are correct, sir. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, tons and tons and tons of information in that binge and purge, as always, and uh, tons of information every day on foodworldorder.com. Very quickly, what will you be covering on mediamonarchy.com tomorrow? Oh, my goodness. Probably a little bit of everything, but definitely singing the songs of uh, Anders Brevik in Norway and just all of the things going on around the world on an esoteric level. Absolutely. Well, looking forward to it as always. James Evan Pilato, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, man. Okay, that's going to do it for tonight, friends. And I will be back with you again tomorrow night. So 23 hours from now. Until then, thanks for listening and take care.